Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. When the enemy begins to talk to me, I begin to tell him what daddy has already said. So he's trying to bring up your past, you bring up his future. It's called a lake, but ain't no water in it. That's interesting that there's the dichotomies. There's a lake in hell, but no water. There's prayer in hell, but no answers. Mm -mm. So what in hell do you want? (laughs) Nothing. Ain't nothing there I want. So don't live today. (laughs) <laughs> See, I better go ahead and talk about this because I'm about to step out there on something. Y'all might not like me. But okay, she said step on it. Okay, praise the Lord. All I needed was a window. So the Bible says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Now enter therein into the joy of the Lord. And see, what we have to do is live with a sense of a well done right now that we understand and know that when we slip into the next world, that we will get a well done then. And if you're not living your life like a well done now, how are you going to slip into the next world and get a well done from God? So if you're still slipping, tripping, and dipping, and you dip and slip into the next world, Will God say, well done? Boy, that'll change your lifestyle a little bit. Because all the shenanigans God is not going to receive. He lays it out crystal clear that there are certain things that we do that will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible didn't change. The culture changes. The culture has an ebb and flow, but the culture can keep on changing. But the word of God is just like that. Said every man be a liar. But God is true. And his word is too. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you that one for free. And so let's go to Romans chapter 12. I ain't going to even take an offering for that. Amen. The partners learn. They always learn some good stuff. Everybody who's a partner, you know that last lesson, right? Yeah, the, the, the new partners learn some stuff. Had to set them free. Hey, Amen. You don't walk up in here with no ball and chain. You free. Otherwise, stop saying the scripture, who the son set free is free indeed if you're still in bondage. Hey, Amen. The Bible says it is for freedom that he set us free. And the truth will always set you free. But it's only the truth that you experience. You can know truth, but you might not operate in it. Because the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Boy, see, I'm trying to get back to the lesson, but somebody keep asking questions. (laughs) So don't blame me. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 12. Are you there? We're going to look at verse 3. Going to read a few passages there. And then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay. Uh, verse 3 says, for I say, uh, this, this is uh, Apostle Paul, he's saying, uh, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to each one a measure of faith. I'm sorry, not to holiday to author think, but to think soberly. I'm sorry, as God has dealt to each one a metron or a measure of faith. We each one of each one of us have a measure of faith. Uh, don't try. Um, don't try to compare. You know what you're doing or what you're not doing or what you have or what you don't have with somebody in the church. Because you may not understand the level of faith that they had to have to get there. Right. All of us are dealt a measure. You know, God will only give you enough for what you need. And sometimes if you sit back and see, well, I don't believe or I don't know why God did that. Well, but you may not have the measure for that level yet. Right. And I would just say, just just hear me on this. You don't have to be obedient to it. I would just say I want to stay in my lane. I, I don't want to be in anybody else's lane. God, if they are, the measure that I have, that's the level I want to stay on. Right. So when you get ready to move me to the next level, I already know that he will already give you the measure that you need before you even get to the next level. That's why the Bible said, and God blessed them. And then he said unto them that God will always bless you before you even hear anything from him. And the moment you hear it, you got to stop asking for it because he's already gave it to you. And God blessed them. And then he said something. The moment you hear his voice, he's already blessed you with what you needed. So each one of us, somebody, somebody said he's talking about me. Each one of us have a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function in the house. You don't have to imitate anybody in the church. Just do you, boo. Just do what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter if you think that is that that is small and it's minuscule or people don't recognize what I'm doing. As long as God sees you, it doesn't matter how small you think it is. God recognizes that you are obedient to the call. Amen. But we all have different functions. Everybody can't get up here and preach every Sunday. You may not have a measure. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam said, y'all can have that. I ain't getting nothing every Sunday. <laughs> but the measure of faith that I have and the level of grace that I walk in, it allows me to work a full-time job and to be a full-time pastor. Amen. I ain't never been a part-time pastor. I might not be getting a salary like a full-time pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's all right. Why? Because, yeah, thank you, Sam. Prophesy, brother. Prophesy. Sam said, it's coming. It's coming. Go and prophesy that thing. I receive it. But, <laughs> but, but God has given me a measure to do it. Right? This is why I do it with pleasure and with joy. Right? Because I know the rain is already raining on our family. So, and, I, and I'm not apologizing to anybody in here for it. Because I'm dealing in the measure of faith that I have. And if you deal in the measure of faith that you have, you can be more blessed. But if you're too busy running in and out of somebody else's lane and you won't stay in yours, all you're doing is getting tired. Because activity does not correlate to accomplishment. That bald-headed rascal preaching this morning ain't lying. So... 
we have different functions in the house. Verse 5 says this. So we, somebody say he's talking about me. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I think that sums up the church right there. We, we, we look different. We talk different, act different. We got different personalities, different mindsets and ideologies. We have different experiences, different careers, different educational levels, different backgrounds. We have different colors, different ethnicities in the house of God. Amen. Amen. But God can take our diversity and unify us. And see, what we need to learn is how to unify in our diversity. Because we are many members, but we're only one body. And you cannot sit at home and think for one moment that you can be a part of the body away from the body. All right. Okay. I got one clap. Since If I got one clap, that means I need to get on that a little deeper. Right? Y'all clap good, and I'll move on. I know you got it, but I got one good clap. Thank you, Jatana. <laughs> so that means, guys, it is your fault if you sit back and say, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what our church is doing. I don't understand where they're going. But you don't come to get the plan. But then you make excuses. For why you out? <laughs> and hold me in a lane to a standard. Boy, you preaching back there, girl. Come on with it. You keep preaching for a brother. Amen. That girl is anointed. Got that anointment on a life this morning. Amen. But wait a minute, saints. I just read to you out of the word of God that we being many are one body in Christ, which means all of us should have the same level of responsibility in the house. So you can't hold the leaders or the pastors on a level that you're not holding to yourself. Oh, boy. It just got really real up in here. In two seconds. Amen. I don't know if I need to continue. Y'all ready for me to pray and go home now, aren't you? No, y'all, y'all don't tell me to keep. Y'all, okay. All right. Y'all said it. All right. Go, <laughs> go to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, y'all heard them now. Y'all heard them. I was trying to taper it down, but go to Ephesians chapter 4. And since we're going on up in there, let me get comfortable. Yes, Lord, let me, let's go ahead and do this. Let's get on up in there with this thing. Ephesians chapter 4, look at it, verse 11. And he, somebody said Jesus. So that he hears Jesus. He himself gave some to be apostles. Somebody say apostles. Some prophets. Somebody say prophets. Some evangelists. Say evangelists. Some pastors. Say pastors. And some teachers. For a reason. These are called the fivefold gifts. These are gifts, they're really called the ascension gifts of Jesus because Jesus gave these gifts after his ascension, right? And so he gave these gifts to men, right, that were prior to his ascension, I'm sorry. And he gave these gifts to men, not for the men. Verse 12 says why he gave these gifts. Apparently, we need them. 
for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for edifying. Now, the reason I know, and, and unfortunately, in a lot of circles, they don't believe in the fivefold. They don't teach the fivefold, and they don't know anything about the fivefold. And because they think that somehow the fivefold is not relevant today, but if you read the very next verse, it says, until we all come, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of God. We haven't gotten there yet. Therefore, we still need these gifts in the house of God. They're given by Jesus Christ, not to be confused now, with the Holy Ghost inspired gifts given by the Holy Ghost in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Completely different. This is why it's important to know the differences. So this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, called the fivefold gifts. Say that with me, fivefold gifts. So let me break it down a little bit further for you. The apostle is a governing gift. The apostle sets up foundation. The apostle comes in with strong doctrine because that's one of the lacking things in the church today is strong doctrine. And that's why I always bring doctrine up. And I talk to you about that, that we have a full understanding of it. See, apostles are dream awakeners. They're awaking the dream. They awaken people to their God-given design and potential. So it's my job to awaken your dreams. I've never asked anyone in this house, nor will I ever ask any of you to come help me fulfill my dream. You, you didn't come here for that. You came here so I can help awaken yours. And if I can awaken your dreams, then I'm fulfilling mine. Because my job is to awaken you. My job is so you can tap into your potential so that you can go out and do great things for God. And listen, when you try to do great things for God, just, just know when you get in position, there's always going to be opposition. And so when you get opposed, you're going to have to go somewhere where you can get healed up. You can get your bandages changed out. Come on, somebody, that you can come in and somebody can love on you. You know, I know people have been biting on you all week long, but you should be able to come into the house of the Lord and be encouraged and be edified. You got somebody that's going to give you a hug. Come on. Somebody's not going to look at you all funny. Oh, no. It, all, all it is, all, all it takes is a look. That's all it takes in the house of God. It's a funny look. You say, hey, good morning. And then you, your whole morning, oh, I wonder what's wrong with her. I wonder what's wrong with him. Why are they looking at me like that? God, I may not want to be here anymore. And it could very well be that that person was looking at somebody other than you. See, this, this is the kind of stuff I want to make sure that we solidify in the house of God that you understand why you're here. The enemy, let me, let me share something very carefully with you. The enemy does not like you being in church. And he will slip right in. You know you don't like her. Just look at her real good. She don't live right. He was drunk last night at the club. <laughs> right in the church. That, that's how he does. Or, 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 this is what he likes to do to me. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Or, or this is how he'll do me. Because I live such a wretched life 
he has a lot he can pull up from my past. I mean, a whole lot. He can pull up magazines. He can pull up all kinds of stuff that I've dealt with in my life. And, and I can be in the middle of worship. I'm feeling garbage. I'm almost at the third heaven getting ready to say something to Paul. I can almost see him. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. And I'm about to say something to Paul. And then this image pops up. Uh-huh. Of something that I looked at, that I peered at, that I saw, that I liked. And I kept looking at it because. And it was, no. No, it wasn't her, but it was before her. Right? It wasn't her. And it wasn't anybody I knew. It was just someone I was looking at. And here, here's the problem, guys. If I met her, she probably wouldn't even like me. But here's the deal. But here's the deal. And she's the one that's trash. But we can get addicted to something, come on, that can become a leech and begin to suck the life out of you. That can be anything. It can be porn. It can be alcoholism. It can be drugs. It can be a sexual addiction. It can be anything that can drain your life. It can be depression. There are so many things that a lot of preachers don't want to hit on, but you just happen to come in the right church. Because I'm going to talk about what's real. Because the reality is the church is struggling with a lot of this stuff and the preachers are punking out. And you just happen to come into place. I'm going to stand flat-footed. And we're going to talk about some of these issues. Right? Because those issues are right in the church. And we're going to have to deal with it. But a lot of times the reason churches don't deal with it is because they're not apostle-led. They're led by shepherds. Shepherds too busy wanting to be liked, and they want to guard you. See, the, the shepherd they want to guard you, they want to protect you, they loving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come here, you did what? Well, oh Lord Jesus, <laughs> let's pray right now. Yeah. That's a shepherd, you know. That's a shepherd. They just loving. You just love them. They just they they just crazy. They have a crazy passion for the church. They just love the. Ch- if you're hurting, they're gonna weep with you. I mean, right then there before you even start crying, they crying. Right? That's, that's the shepherd. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that. I'm, I'm listening right here. I love you. I might weep with you. But I don't have to be liked by you. Because he's given me a measure of faith for me to walk in. I didn't understand this. But now that I have a measure of faith, I get to function. Did, did you see oh, Romans chapter 12? I get to function in it because of the measure. Right? The prophet is a guiding gift. They, they are crazy about making sure you can hear from God. That's a bona fide person that operating in the prophetic when they are the office of a prophet. Now, we all can prophesy. That's over there in 1 Corinthians, right? Chapter 14. It says that we all can prophesy, and you should be prophesying to one another, encouraging one another. You, you don't have to say, thus said God. The Lord of glory said to me last night in a dream. You don't have to do all of that. Just stop all of that foolishness. Just say, listen, listen. Um, I was praying for you, and I just sensed to share this with you. That's all you got to do. And when you share it, more than likely it's going to bear witness with them. And then you're going on about your business. 
Don't be sitting there trying to get no accolade to get patted. Oh, you just so, you just the best thing since sliced bread. You better, you better give God the glory and keep it moving. Amen? But the prophet wants to make sure that you can hear the voice of God. Right? Their whole passion is around pointing you to the Papa's heart. Right? You're going to have some wonderful prophets in here next year at our next uh, school uh, that we're going to be training you up. Matter of fact, we're changing the name of our school and everything. Everything is changing for next year. It's going to be real cool. It's going to be called Restore because we got to store the restoration of the fivefold. Right? And so the evangelist, the eva- that's what we're going to talk about today. That evangelist, they are crazy, 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 crazy about souls. They eat, drink, sleep, poop, souls. It's all about souls. I, you can talk to them for two minutes, and they're going to be stocked. They're going to they're talk about the community. They're going to talk about, uh, listen, you know, we need to go down the street, and we need to take care of this. Right? That's the evangelist. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to get into that. The shepherd is the garden gift, and the teacher is the grounding gift. We got some good teachers in this house because they want to keep you grounded in the word of God. Amen? And so Jesus functioned in all five. He functioned in all five. He's the head. We're the body. And he gives each one of these a measure of faith to function in. Not everybody in the church will function in these five. So it's okay. You don't have to say, well, I wonder where I am. Just where you are right now. (laughs) I'm just saying. Because the one thing I want to tell you is you, you, you better know that if you're not in that, don't try to be in it. Make sure you got a measure to function. Make sure you've heard from God, not from man. Because I was called by God first. I heard his voice first before man ever confirmed that I was in his office. And I didn't know anything about the office of apostle. But man, the more and more I read his Bible about it, it made sense to me because that's foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says that he's building the church on the foundation of apostles and prophets. That means that we're on the bottom pushing you up, not on the top pulling you up. The foundation is always on the bottom. So that's why we, we have a measure of faith for you to walk on us. You can treat us bad. And we do. We get treated real bad. And that's okay because I got a measure for it. Amen. Everybody don't have that kind of measure. If you don't have that kind of grace, <laughs> you shouldn't be trying to operate as an apostle. So make sure... Wherever you are, if God has called you to this, the first thing you need to do is be humble because you ain't no better than anybody else. He called you for his people. He didn't give it to you. Oh, listen, thank you, Jesus. He just dropped this down. And he down. This is fresh. He said he didn't give you that gift because he so much loves you. <laughs> he said he's giving you the gift because he loves you. The church. Because the gift wasn't for the individual. It was for the equipping of the, for the work of the, for the edifying of the. Boy, y'all know your word. I love a word, church. Y'all can just feel my little sentences, right? So Jesus was in all five. Are, Are you there with me so far? So Jesus, the apostle, in Hebrews 3 and 1, it says, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. So I'm going to just go through here to show you 
that Jesus is recognized as an apostle. Uh-oh. Oh, my bad. Y'all, just take a picture. All right, let me run through it. Jesus the prophet in Mark 6 and 4. <laughs> you got it. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. That's sad, ain't it? Jesus the evangelist. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repentance from dead works. The first fundamental doctrine in Hebrews 6 is repentance from dead works. You cannot be a Christian without repentance. You can't just say some little prayer and Jesus come into my heart and, you know, I, I've been a bad person. You must be sorry for what you did. And there's a fundamental difference between regret and repentance. Some people just regret they got caught. But they never do repent. Jesus, the shepherd, he said, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's the teacher. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night. Wouldn't even come by the day, but he came by night, undercover, black ops. He said, <laughs> he said, Rabboni, or Rabbi, we, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these things and these signs unless they're from God to himself. That was smart of him to know that. And out of all five of these, this is the only one Jesus referred to himself as being. All the rest of them, somebody else recognized that in him. Isn't that awesome? I think that's pretty cool. Now, last week, we learned the difference between all can prophesy in the office of a prophet. So make sure you listen to that uh, podcast. And this week, we're going to learn the differences between, listen to the words, evangelism and the evangelist. There is a difference. Evangelism and the evangelist. There's a difference. Okay? Again, if you don't know the differences, you can mess yourself up. So let's look at evangelism. And I could not find the Greek equivalent to the English word evangelism in the Bible. Right? So what I, what I endeavor to do is to show you the personification of evangelism. Does that, does that make sense? So, again, there's no Greek word, no Greek equivalent word to the, to the English word evangelism. There is evangelist, right? So what I want to do, I want to show you an example of evangelism. Now, this example that I'm going to show you, this is the first time in my life I have ever seen this as an example of evangelism. And it was done by a woman. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. All right, y'all, I saw a couple of mouths open. I uh, saw a couple of heads turn. And I, somebody did this. And somebody looked at me like, that brother's tripping. So let's go to John chapter 4. I want to read this to you in your hearing. Because this is evangelism personified. 
John chapter 4. And I don't know if anyone else has seen this before. You probably have. John 4, we're going to start reading at verse 7. Now, I'm going to have to read a big gulp of this. To me. See, y'all already reading ahead of me. That's what y'all be reading ahead of me. Don't read ahead of me. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay? So let's start at, at John 7. Amen? For the Bible says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Not just a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman. You got to understand they're, they're, the, the, the position of women during this time were, was very, a low-level position, to be honest, back then, right? So the men were very misogynistic uh, during this time, but it's amazing how God will place something in Scripture to make sure you stop tying stuff up to gender. Because God can use anybody he wants to use when he wants to use them. They just need to be obedient to the call. Amen, somebody. So the question was, wait a minute. Uh, you being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So I want to break down a couple of things there before we move on. She was a member of a hated, mixed race, right? Now, you can find this in 2 Kings 17. We don't have time to go there, so I'm going to just kind of explain this. The northern kingdom of Judah, they uh, backslid. And what happened was uh, the king brought in this Assyrian nation into the area. Now, the children of Israel were not supposed to assimilate ethnically with other races. It wasn't about racism. It was about holiness because these other nations were idolaters. They were child killers because they were making sacrifices. They were killing their children to the spirit of Molech. They were also uh, uh, doing all kinds of abominable things. They, they, were just, they were just buck wild, right? So y'all know that. Y'all know. I'm sorry. That wasn't a real professional word. I'm sorry. Y'all know buck wild. That was a ghetto word. I ain't lying. That was really... They were, they were doing things that they should not have been doing. So, <laughs> so when they brought the Assyrians in with the nation, they began to mix because they were in the area of Samaria. So instead of doing what Ephesians 5.11 says, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather to expose it, they were assimilated to it, and then they capitulated to it, and then they started making sacrifices, not only to God, but they were polytheistic. Because they believe now in a multiple... Oh, come on, y'all with me here? So this was Samaria. So the Jews outside of Samaria said, no, you full of mixture. So we don't have any dealings with you because you are mixed up race. Had nothing to do with racism. Had everything to do with holiness. I want to set the record straight because we got too many race baiting preachers. 
And this had nothing to do with the color of their skin. It had everything to do with what Martin said, the content of their character. Are you here with me? So she was of a mixed race. She was known to be living in sin. We're going to go into that one in a second. And she, <laughs> and she was in a public place. Let's keep reading. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, there's a distinction here. There's a difference between thirst physically and thirst spiritually. She didn't understand that she was spiritually thirsty because she was all in the flesh like we are. When God is trying to show us something spiritually, we go right back to the physical. God says, I want you to do this. You say, God, I don't have enough money. God says, I want you to do this. You say, God, I don't think I'm anointed enough. God says, I want you to do this. You say, but I haven't been to seminary. And you can have all of the training from any cemetery, I mean seminary, that you want. Because some of those places you come out like a cemetery. No faith, no passion, no love. You want a career pastor relationship and you don't want a call relationship. Y'all want some more of this book? This thing is exciting. I'm telling you, it's exciting. Let's read it. It's like reading like a, from a newspaper. Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with in the flesh. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, but Jesus is deeper. <laughs> Where then do you get this living water? Now she wants to know. She's, she's inquisitive now. She's like, well, wait, hold on, bro. What, what kind of water are you talking about here, dude? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Oh, 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 okay, you're you doing that now. Who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Talking about physical water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. He's talking about spiritual water. Amen, somebody. You're here with me. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a well of living water. So, so, so now, there, there, ooh, Jesus, there's a difference between a physical well where you go down to draw water and a well of living water that the Bible says that springs up. Come on, somebody. You should have enough of God inside of you that there should be something inside your shanana that you begin to spring up with something. That when the devil comes at you, you go, oh, no, devil, I've seen you before. In the name of Jesus, the living well should come alive in your life. You don't punk out and say, oh, God, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Shut up. Hold your head up. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Step up off me, devil. You just mess with a son. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an orphan any longer. I'm, I'm, we're just pilgrims passing through. I'm not staying here. But while I am here, you have no dominion over my life. Amen, somebody. 
15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. So now she's, <laughs> she's like, I need some of this, bro. <laughs> I know she don't understand why she needs it. She's going to understand in a second. <laughs> she's going to understand crystal clear why she needs this water. Because Jesus will show you the water first. But then there are some principles tied to getting the water. You can't just go get the water. There are some principles tied to the water. But before you can get to those principles, there's probably a problem that he's got to talk about. Making my bald head sweat. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. No, come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now that he has her attention, he says, oh, oh, you want some of this? Go get your husband. <laughs> Somebody say exposure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing is so funny to me. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. It shouldn't be funny, but this is funny. Because this is how God does us. Right? He'll show us something. We see something in the Word. We go, ooh, mm, mm. But that's good right there. And then God will ask you a question, or he'll give you a statement, and you go, oh, wait a minute, God, hold on. We were doing good right here. Y'all know what I'm saying? He'll start pointing out something. I mean, he'll come out of the blue. John, you know you've been weak in this area, right? Oh, hold on. Hold it. Now, you just showed me this, Lord. Let me just stay over here for a second. Let me just enjoy myself. I'm feeling good. I know know I've been weak, but hold on. Let let me enjoy it for a little bit. No, no. He said, no, I got something else. I can't let you sit there because if you sit there, you'll be bogged down with analysis paralysis and you won't move. All right, y'all want some more? The woman answered and said, after he cracked her about her husband, somebody say lifestyle. The woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. <laughs> so I said, whoop, daddy. <laughs> she said, she, <laughs> she, she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said <laughs> that you have no husband. Because Jesus already knew. Right? Listen, when Jesus asks you a question, he is not asking you a question thinking that you can pass some great wisdom to him. He already knows the answer. He just want to know that you know the answer. (laughs) Jesus said, you have well said that you have no husband. In other words, he said, you answer correctly, but we ain't stopping right here. Man, this this has got to be the, I am not going to finish this message. Oh, y'all want some more? Okay. (laughs) You have well said, I have no husband. Verse 18. For you have had five husbands. That the holy, holy, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And the one you shacking with. Now y'all know that's a ghetto term right there, shacking. And the one you shacking with (laughs) is not your husband either. I'm sorry, the one that 
you are cohabitating with, living with, but you're not married. Shacking. So Jesus said, yeah, you well said, you've had five husbands. And the dude you, uh, the dude you, you giving the milk up for free, he's not your husband. Boom. So now we got to go back. She wanted the water. <laughs> so there's a fundamental difference sometimes in what we want and what Jesus wants. She wanted water. Jesus wanted change. And a lot of times we're asking God for the water, but we're not willing to. And God is saying, I can give it to you, but you're not humble enough to change. You're not pliable enough. And every time I put my thumb on you, you move. And all I'm trying to do is get the kinks out of your life. If you just sit there long enough, then I can smooth out those rough surfaces in your life. Because I'm the potter, you're the clay. Like a, like a spiritual chiropractor popping that back, right? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Okay, that's good. That Pam, the prophetess over there, praise the Lord. So, <laughs> this woman said to him, "Sir, this third sir." Now she gets a revelation. I perceive you to be a prophet. <laughs> you think <laughs> this brother just read your mail, told you about your household? You, you can disguise yourself in front of people, and you can look pretty. You can smile, and you can front, and you can pose, and you can hop out, shot tie, buy me a Cadillac and a bow tie, and you can do all of that in the church, and as soon as you walk out of the church, you just as broke, busted up, because you've been faking and fronting. And before long, Jesus will strip the coat off of you so that he can see everything. But it's not for him to see it because he already sees it. He strips the coat off of you so you can see it. He already knows what's inside of you. And sometimes he has to put us in a situation to strip. Oh, 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 oh. All right, all right. Y'all don't think that's, that might be too much. <coughs> so... So <laughs> the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you to be a prophet. Uh, now I want to get spiritual. <coughs> so now this, she did what most of us do. I'm going to tell you what it is in a second. Verse 20. Our fathers worship on this mountain. Wait a minute. Jesus just exposed her mess. Now she's talking about worship. So she does what we do is the word deflect. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I'm going to have to dig in this one, Jatan. I'm sorry. So once Jesus begins to dig and he starts to find the dross, the murkiness of your life, the mess you've been trying to hide, he'll expose that thing. And we tend to go, well, Lord, what about that person? They're not living right. <laughs> so
So what we're doing is, is somebody say deflection. See, we're trying to deflect, and we're saying we're trying to get him off of us. Like, I love you and all, but you need to back up off me, man. You know, that's why she was saying, sir, <laughs> come on, bro. And she's deflected. Now, this woman was being exposed to her sins. She wants to talk about worship. Really? Our fathers worship in this mountain. <laughs> but Jesus got something for her. Hold on. And the Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. So that mountain was in Samaria, and Jerusalem was the place where the Jews worshiped. Right? Now listen what Jesus says here. Jesus said to the woman, woman, believe me. <laughs> Notice he said woman. <laughs> He's like, I, I, <laughs> I don't believe he actually said it like I said it. I believe he probably had more inflection on his. <laughs> I'm telling you, he probably said, woman. <laughs> That's the John Lawton Bible. That's probably not how he said it because Jesus is compassionate <laughs> and he's loving. So we're just going to keep it nice. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither. Somebody say neither. neither. On this mountain, nor. Somebody say nor. nor. Neither, nor. So in other words, I don't care about the place of worship. I'm more concerned about the worshiper. Neither this mountain nor Jerusalem. Jesus is saying, I don't care about the place of worship. I care about the worshiper. Amen, somebody. Somebody said neither nor. This is why when I gave you that word this morning, how important it was for you to worship. Now, some of you obeyed, some of you didn't. I, I, I don't really care. All I know is, I got mine, and I'm going to keep walking in mine, but I'm going to just stay in my lane. It's a little lane. It's small. It's enough room for everybody because my lane is real small. And guess what? I'm not moving out of my lane. I'm going to look at you. You can go on by me. Beep, beep. And you know what I'm going to do? Go on with your bad self. It was just like when I was running the other day. I have a speed. It's called slow. That's it. Slow and stop. Those are my two speeds. And so, I slow and stop. That's it. And so, <laughs> you don't get no better than that. So, my, my pace is slow. But it's my pace. It people, they're going on by me. But that's my pace. Right? I told y'all, I saw this woman with a stroller, her two babies, and she just went right on by me. <laughs> now, I felt a little something. I ain't gonna lie to him. I ain't gonna lie. I felt a little something. And I'm, you know, and 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 something tried to kick in. I, my, my spirit was willing. <laughs> but this old body brought it back to reality. And I tried to step it up a little bit. And this old father said, bro, you're 53. You're 53. <laughs> I said, all right. I'm going to just stay at my pace. What am I getting at here? Go at your pace. Don't worry about it. People are going to pass you, but you're going to pass others. Because the effectiveness is going to be determined by your obedience. 
right? Listen, let me say this to you. It's not determined by how much money you have or don't have. It's not determined by if you know your mom and daddy, if you don't. If you adopt it, it doesn't matter because Jesus said that he's given you the spirit of adoption, whereby now you can cry, Abba, Father. So now you have a new father. Even if you don't know who your parents were, you got a daddy that loves you. Amen. You've been adopted. Now you're heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You have an inheritance now. Come on, somebody. And he said this. He said, no word from me is void of power. But if I called you to do something, I've also given you what you need to do it. Wow. Boy, that's good news. I love that kind of daddy. Yeah, yeah, because everybody in here got some kind of father wound. All of us. Got some kind of father wound, even if your daddy was in the house. But And then, then what we do is projection theology. We begin to project how our real daddy's treated us, and then we project that on God. He ain't your daddy on this earth. Ain't even close. He loves you unconditionally. Come on, somebody. And so, so okay, y'all want to? I need to stop. Now, y'all, I can't believe y'all like church like that. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to read just a few more, right? Y'all ready? Just a few more. Y- y'all, y'all love church too much. So, 22, you worship what you do not know. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. That's pretty straight. But we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, not the Jewish people. Salvation came from the Jewish people through the Messiah. So you have to make sure people don't twist this scripture to think that salvation came because of the Jews. Because if we read Romans chapter 11, we know that they they were cast out of the olive branch because of disobedience and unbelief. We who were Gentiles were grafted into the olive branch, the olive branch being Jesus Christ. And the Jews now, through repentance and receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they can come back into the olive branch. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Just go read Romans 11. It'll set the, set the record straight for you. So. But the hour is coming. Somebody says right now. And now is. So you see, Pastor, what line? (laughs) And now is when the true, somebody said the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Let me tell you something. When I start talking about worship, Papa is seeking for people to worship him. And he doesn't care how you feel about it. As a matter of fact, I don't even care how you feel about it. He wants worship, so you got to give him what he wants, right? So, so how ignorant would it be to withhold something that daddy wants when daddy wants to bless you? And he says, all you got to do, you have nothing else to give God. What else did you think you can give God that he needs? Nothing. Everything you own was given to you. Everything, even the clothes on your back was given because somehow you got a job that somebody gave you. Or somebody blessed you with it. Everything we have, it was given, including our very life. So how can we take possession of it? We're not owners. We're stewards. By the way, we're just passing through this life. Y'all know that, right? We're supposed to be pilgrims. Pilgrims keep it moving. (laughs) Right? We're just passing through. Somebody say, I'm just passing through. That's all we're doing. We're just passing through. We are not here to stay. Amen? We got to understand that, saints of God. I'm going to get the rest of this. I'm going to get the rest of this. Come on. Y'all got to stop asking questions, though. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. 
in spirit and in truth, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. So she hasn't quite, she hadn't quite got it yet, right? Because the Messiah was in front of her, right? And sometimes, sometimes the truth can be right in front of you and you don't see it. See, this is, this is what happened uh, with Pilate. Because in the, the, uh, the insurrection, when, when he went in there and Pilate said, are you a king? Y'all remember when Pilate was, you know, just insolent and he was just vexed because he was mad at Jesus because Jesus didn't respond like he wanted him to. So Pilate said, are you a king? And, you know, Jesus, when you ask him a question, sometimes he just don't like answer like you want him to answer. And so Pilate said, is that your, your idea or did somebody tell you? So, so Pilate got mad, got angry at him. You know, and, and got a little insolent with him. And, and he said, well, I, I, are you a king? Jesus said, you have well said. <laughs> For this reason came I into the earth. <laughs> Did he say yes? Pretty much he said yes, right? He said, I'm a king. And Paula said, well, are you a king then? And Jesus said, everyone that's on the side of truth hears me. Pilate said, well, what's truth? <laughs> Jesus was standing right in front of him. Truth was right in his face. Isn't it so amazing that people can have the truth right in their faces and they still refuse to receive it? You can tell people, don't do this. I'm telling you, it's not going to be right for you. Bad things are going to happen. Don't get in that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Don't do it. But I'm talking to the women now. I'm talking to you. Just, just make sure before your heart get too involved. You better check that brother out. What kind of credit that joker got? That brother got a 400. You might. Mm -hmm. He can't help you much. <laughs> He ain't, ain't going to get no house with that joker. You know, he going to be going on your credit. Hey, man, you know. And listen, listen, here's the other thing you have to check, male and female. You better check their medical history. That brother or that sister might be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and you bring them into your house with your children, and they in there twitching and say, I didn't take my medication today. What medication? Wait a minute, bro. Twitching and you like, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> that was just too real, man. That was just too real. I'm just saying, you know, be careful. Check it out, guys. Don't get in a rush to get married. I don't care how long you've been single. Just, just listen, marriage ain't easy. Let me take my glasses off. Marriage is not easy. Is it, baby? She married to me. I know it ain't easy. Marriage is hard. Amen? So just take your time. I know maybe your friends are getting married and all that other stuff, but all these folks that's in marriages ain't happy. All right, let me move on. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all. 
I'll I'll read two more, two more verses, and then I got to stop. So the woman says, verse 25, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And, (laughs) And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speaks to you am he. Drop the mic. <laughs> Yo, boo. I, 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 I'm, the, I, I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one, the Messiah, the, the Christ. Uh, it's me. Revelation. <laughs> and at this point, his disciples came back and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Because they were misogynistic, they didn't, they didn't like that he was talking to a woman, and they really didn't like that he was talking to a Samaritan woman. And, and he, he, he said, what do you see, and, and, uh, and why are you talking to her? Now, listen how they're talking to Jesus. They, they, now, you got to get the picture. This is God talking to someone that he knows needs him. Here, they come walking back with the food. Why are you talking to her, Jesus? I, this stuff, this is in the Bible, guys. You don't have to, you don't have to read nothing else but this. I crack up in my office. I'll be sitting there reading like, oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy. When you read about stuff, it'll blow your mind. Like Jacob laid down with a woman, never looked a woman in the face. And then he wake up the next morning. (gasps) How you get in my bed? How you? All right, I'm sorry. (laughs) He wanted Rachel. He worked for seven years. And Laban, who was a trickster like him, got a goal. He'll make you get around people that's worse than you to show you yourself. And he said, bro, I got you. So instead of giving him Rachel, he gave her Leah, the cockeyed one. He gave her Leah. Oh, I'm sorry. She had slow eyes, slow eyes. And so, so y'all all right? So the brother took the woman, laid with her. You know what that means. He laid with her. And then the next morning, he wake up. How you, how you lay all night with a woman and don't look her in the face? He was drinking. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you guys, there's some good stuff in this Bible. Okay, let's come back. All right, come on back. Y'all come on back. All right. I got, I got, I got five minutes. Okay. So the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and guess where she went? She went to men, probably because she knew all of them. Now, see, is that too real? Now, come on now. Come on. If you've been acting like one. You, you know the word. I mean, the kids in the house. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you if you've been acting a little hoish, you know what I'm saying. 
if you've been acting like one, you know all the brothers in the city know who you are. When you freely giving, everybody know it. So she went to the men. Somebody say evangelism. We still talk about evangelism. <laughs> <laughs> we're still talking about evangelism guys this is supposed to be church we're supposed to be laughing like this we're supposed to be serious in church <laughs> she says she, she went to the men I, see when I read the bible there's certain things that just pique my interest because I'm wondering why she didn't go to the women and let me tell you why they hated her because she was, she was messing with her, their husbands. Y'all, come on now. Let's get real. Let's get good Charlotte real up in here. Y'all know when this little old thing was walking in the city. Y'all know every woman was looking at, oh, look at her. Where you going now, trash? Whose husband you want now? Just ratchet. Just stank. <laughs> Mama, you all right? I know. She knew all the men, they all Mama just popped some revelation on us. It's not that she knew the men, it's just the men knew her too. I got to stop. <laughs> All right. We'll pick back up next Sunday. <laughs> it was all right, bro. I had to pull it back because if I get too deep, I'm going to take more than five minutes. But, but, but I am talking about evangelism. I, I re really, I am. Because... Not, not, not the evangelist. I'm talking about evangelism. <laughs> I'm not saying that the evangelist is 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 acting like. Yeah. So, so you listen. Finish reading it, okay? And then when we come next Sunday, you'll already know where I'm going, right? So what I'll do, I'll bring it alive, right? Because I'm a dream awakener. Right? So I'm going to bring it alive for you, and I'm going to show you this is one of the most profound works of evangelism that I have seen in the Bible. And it was done by a Samaritan woman. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, Please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.